0: Welcome back to the Sentientism podcast, a podcast about what's real and what matters. Sentientism answers those questions by committing to evidence and reason and to compassion for all sentient beings. In this episode, I talk for the second time to the wonderful actress, recording artist, writer and activist Carol Davis. We talk about what it's like to be a radical feminist, atheist, vegan and sentientist in the showbiz world of Hollywood and why Prince threw a tantrum when Carol took him on his first visit to a natural history museum. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. Uh, I'd love to know what you think, so why not write a review or give us some stars on your podcast platform. You can find out more about sentientism at sentientism.info or just search for sentientism on your favorite social media platform. You'll be welcome in any of our global community groups too. They're open to anyone interested in the idea, not just sentientists. Thank you for listening. So, Carol, welcome back to Sentientist Conversations. It's great to talk to you again.
1: It's great talking to you again. It is. So I we love these conversations.
0: We had, a, we had quite an in-depth conversation last time about your personal story and um, how that links to the ideas behind sentientism, the sort of evidence, reason, and compassion philosophy and uh, how that resists various forms of oppression that we talked about last time. What I thought we'd do t- today is a sort of Quicker conversation about how that intersects with your life and career in the world of, of showbiz. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah,
1: showbiz it might be the opposite of, of sentientism,
0: it might well be, which is why I think there's quite an interesting overlap there. Um, and yeah. The, the, the first part of the conversation we talked about, you mentioned you'd um, grown up in an atheistic household. So you started out with quite a sort of naturalistic worldview, quite a scientific way of thinking. That I, I think did. to you and me feels quite natural. But um, yep. in some of the worlds you, um, you know, you live and work in, it's 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 actually pretty unusual. I, I don't know if you can sort of talk us through how that feels and and whether there are any particular instances where that part of your philosophy has had a bearing on how you're treated or how you work or
1: it's a very interesting feeling to maybe be the only atheist, you know, radical atheist, vegan feminist in my midst. Yeah.
0: It's,
1: a very, it's a very strange feeling. And I'm always weary about really being out there, telling people right up front, look, I'm, I'm a vegan. I'm a sentientist, uh, I'm a secular humanist, I'm, I'm, I'm an atheist, um, I'm, a, I'm a radical feminist. And, and you think, even though these are things that I'm, I'm proud to be and to feel and, and proud to live that way, I think that a lot, of, a lot of people in showbiz here in Hollywood might have negative feelings of, about those issues. Um, and I think it might be because it makes them uncomfortable with their own lifestyle, with their own behavior, and how they themselves are involved in harming uh, sentient beings, uh, they they have violence on their plate. Um, they they might have engaged in misogyny um, in show business. Very very common.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, uh, and I and I think that atheists tend to make people uncomfortable. They they falsely think that people who are atheists are immoral. And, and this is something that we really need to uh, push back on and we need to challenge that idea, that, that you, in order to be a moral person, uh, in order to have morals and ethics and to live with integrity within, within those ethics, mm. that you have to somehow subscribe to one of the major religions, whichever religion it might be. Uh, and and this, is, this is a lie. This is a lie that we must challenge. Uh, every and, every atheist I know is a, has integrity, and they have values, and they have morals, and they live a moral life.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think if if you don't have a supernatural way of thinking, you almost have to think your morality through from ground principles about suffering and death, and you know the real basics, and build up from there. And too often, it does seem that a supernatural worldview is almost used to justify or defend. Morals that don't really make you know sense in a, in a, in a common sense way. Um, and, are, and are there situations where that's actually had a practical impact on you know, your relationships in the showbiz world? and I know, I know you've got an in- fascinating piece coming out soon about your relationship with Prince and um, another sort of you know, deeply acknowledged genius who was also at the same time, very, very yeah. conservative and religious.
1: Yeah, uh, I think that might be one of the ways that uh, religiosity impacted my life in, in a most significant way, which is what this, this piece is about, this article is about. Um, it's called I Made Slow Love with Prince and It's Not What You Think. Um, <laughs> I, I wrote a song on, on his uh, Grammy Award winning Sign of the Times album, And it was, uh, it's considered to be his masterpiece and it's being reissued this season as a box set for Christmas. So it's just coming out now. My relationship with Prince was significantly impacted by my atheism. Uh, as a matter of fact, he every every time we would come together to work, we would have a huge argument about how the Bible is full of misogyny, femicide, infanticide, war, slavery, everything that's 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 wrong mm-hmm. in this world can come from. From those books, I I don't really find that those books are all that. (laughs) I mean, they're very far from the words of Christ. That's how it affected me. He he found it impossible to work with a person who didn't believe what he believed. And he was a deeply, deeply religious man. He was raised as a Seventh-day Adventist. Mm. And then he became a born-again Christian. So he was utterly evangelical. And he had a literal biblical worldview. He really did believe that the world was not very old at all, didn't believe in dinosaurs, didn't believe in paleontology. So literally, Um, you
0: know, 6,000 years, that was it?
1: Yeah, that was it. And I challenged Prince on it. I actually took, he had never been to a museum, and I took him in, this was in New York, and I took him to the Museum of Natural History, and this is all in my piece. I brought him there for an exhibit of Lucy, the Australopithecine, um, who was part of a group of Australopithecines that flourished between three and four million years ago. Yeah. And her bones were displayed there. Uh, Lu- Lucy, uh, the oldest known Australopithecine that we have access to, was displayed there at the Museum of Natural History in all of her splendor. And I said to Prince, I, I brought Prince to this exhibit, and it was his very first visit to any museum. I figured I'd, I'd, I'd have to start a museum for him, you know, since he had never <laughs> been to one. Uh, a museum that all children like. And, and he was very childlike in a way. And, and, and I'm saying this in a loving way. Yeah. He was very boyish, you know. So I, I kind of pushed back on his biblical worldview by bringing him to this exhibit. And we're, we're standing there looking at the, at the bones of Lucy. And I say to him, because I was in awe of the science and, and the discovery that, that, that led to this exhibit, and I said to Prince, I said, "Look, that's our great, 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 grandmother." And, <laughs> and he looked down, he turned red, and he looked at me, and he said, "I don't know about you, but I don't come from no ape, you know." And then he and then he pivots like in a dance move, like like a James Brown move, like he did on stage, and he ran out with his bodyguard through the great halls of the museum into. Hayden Planetarium, which is an annex of the Museum of Natural yeah. History, is a planetarium, and I'm running after him, and he's running, you know, in his high heels all through the halls of this museum. Past the fake dinosaurs. <clears throat> Past the dinosaurs, exactly. More proof. And he's walking through now. He's in the meteor room, and I catch up with him, and he stops, and he composes himself, and he turns around to me. And he points to this giant meteor that's, you know, the size of a, of a mobile home. And he says, next thing you're going to do is tell me that that came out of the sky. <laughs> and he left. And he left me standing there just bewildered by his stubborn religiosity. And so, yeah, it did affect me. It, so being an atheist. Did affect my career to some degree, because had I instead, you know, gone to uh, an Easter service with him and just nodded my head and it did not push back against the biblical worldview, um, you know, I might have made a lot more records with him. I might have written many more songs with him that were published. I don't know. Um, I do know that I rubbed him the wrong way with not my version of the truth but with the truth. Yeah. <laughs> with the truth about the natural world. So you can really turn people off and it can really affect your career in showbiz. It yeah. can, absolutely it can.
0: Yeah. And and one of the tricky things about sentientists is that um, we double down because we're not just unpopular for being atheists, but we're unpopular for, you know, being very serious about animal advocacy and animal ethics too. So we we're, we're, we're two for the price of one. And uh, do, on the yeah. animal advocacy side, I guess it works both ways, right? Because you're also using your your talent and your uh, position in showbiz and your artistry to as part of your advocacy as well. So it's you know it's a tool too. Uh, but do you feel like in the world of showbiz it is becoming more accepted and more mainstream? And you know, how's that influence shifting, or is it a little tokenistic and people see it as a passing fad that will fade?
1: I don't think people think that veganism and animal rights activism are a passing fad anymore. Yeah. No, I think that we've anchored in to the public consciousness now. Um, I think that we've finally hammered into people's brains that veganism is not a diet, but it's an ethic to do no harm to our planet and its inhabitants non-humans included. So I think that it's more than just a passing fad now. They can't they can't get away with thinking that anymore. Um, and I hate to say it, but you can see it in the aisles of the supermarket. Uh, mm. When I first became vegan decades ago, uh, there might be one little tiny area in a supermarket that had uh, options uh, for people like me who wanted to live a cruelty-free life. But today, there are entire aisles and more and more people are interested in living a, uh, a nonviolent life, uh, even if they tell themselves that they're just you know, kind of eating vegan once a week to help with global warming. I mean, they, we, it's up to us to disabuse them of these notions that you can be a vegan once a week. It, yeah. it, it, it really is up to those of us who are in the movement, who are core members of this movement, to, uh, to, 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 to give them the idea of what, what it is. To be a sentientist, what what it means that that we we are the, the 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 keepers of this planet, and if we don't stop behaving that way in a violent manner towards non humans, we're going to lose it all. We're all going to die. I mean, look at this pandemic, for example. Uh, it, it's eating meat that put the zoo in zoonotic diseases.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: So it's up to us to push back and to and to be bold about it.
0: And it feels it does feel like things are genuinely shifting. Um, and you can see, it, I guess, in the in the showbiz world, there are more and more people who are very open about uh, their stance on animal ethics and, and the environment. But it doesn't seem to be breaking actually into the content very much. So, so you will see environmental themes coming into songs and films and, uh, and movies and, uh, and so on. But there aren't many people who've sort of followed your lead and actually, you know, written songs like Set Me Free or Um, or developed content that really puts animal advocacy at the center. Do you think more people are going to, we're going to see more of that happening? I
1: I hope you're right. For example, I went independently to put out Set Me Free um, because no record company is interested in my Uh, advocacy for non-human animals and I purposely did this song in an independent way not being able to get it signed anywhere so it's an independent record available of course on all all streaming platforms but I went to the abandoned LA zoo to to film this video Uh, and and it's not just about zoo animals I inserted uh, all kinds of animals who are in captivity animals on factory farms fur farms Laboratories, on um, um, circuses. So I put it all in there in order to use music to reach people about the, uh, the idea that it is wrong to oppress non humans. So, yeah, I'm using music to do that, but it's going to be a minute before established record companies are willing to sign. People like me, I mean, I was signed to the biggest labels, but they kind of tell you what kind of music to do. Yeah. I don't think that a major label is going to want to put this record out, but that's okay. So we have to go there and we have to support vegan artists. Um, it it, it come, uh, Who comes to my mind is Joaquin Phoenix uh, and his acceptance yeah. speech uh, in front of billions of people at the Academy Awards. He, he made it plain and he's an artist who's, who's putting his beliefs about uh, uh being uh, an activist right out there in front of billions and we need more artists in in showbiz to come out and and give a helping hand to, to those who who are being oppressed right now being murdered by the billions
0: yeah and it's one thing to you know make a change in your private life but it's another thing to do what Joachim and yourself and a few others are doing which is being open up front and very direct about these issues because it's only through doing that, that we'll actually normalize these ways of thinking, and that's that's really one of the ways change is going to happen fast.
1: It's risky, though. Uh, yeah. you. you uh, uh, I'm not saying that that's the riskiest thing I've ever done. You know, going in and doing investigations into in, into factory farms and and puppy farms and things like that is a little bit riskier because mm. you, you could be a victim of violence. In showbiz, nobody is going to you know beat you up for being a yeah. scientist. Uh, But there is a risk involved uh, if you're really, really out there uh, as a highly political person and bringing animals into the political discussion. Uh, And I think the reason for that is because, and we said this before, it makes them super uncomfortable with their own contribution to violence uh, in their own daily lives with what they put on the plate. So it's who they're eating. And so when you push back on that, or even if you come out about it, and you say something like at, uh, when you're on a television show, for example, and everybody's uh, at lunch, and you ask, I ask for cruelty-free food. Uh, I, I don't want to eat a- anybody who was screaming. You know, I, I, I don't want to cause any harm. Do you have any cruelty-free food? Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's kind of a, a way of, of getting that in there. And then if you sit down with other people in showbiz and they're eating ribs of somebody who died screaming, you don't really have to do much other than just be an example and be out with it and say, oh, no, you know, I, I could never eat that. And then they feel bad. I think that's what it is. It makes them really uncomfortable. They, they don't want to think that they were involved in some horrendous, horrific act of cruelty. But that's what's on their plate. So, yeah. you know, if you just look at their plate a certain way and go, hmm, you know, yeah, I'm judgy. I'm judgy because murder is involved.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you're, you're helping them see the truth as you tried to show Prince the truth in the museum.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's important. And, you know, we don't have to be mean about it. We just have to be firm about it. Yeah. You know, stand yeah. up for animals every day. Uh, stand up for this planet every day. Every day we we get an opportunity to stand up for animals. Every single day.
0: Well, I'm so glad you're doing it. Out and proud and vocal and direct. And um, it's a real honor <laughs> to have you uh, associated with us as a as a... Celebrity sentientist it's been great to talk well, to
1: you it's really nice talking to you too I don't I don't feel comfortable with this celebrity thing I'm just you know <laughs> I'm one of the minions in showbiz um, you know I'm just a working actor and a working musician um, but I just I'm, I'm trying to recruit more people all the time to uh, to really take notice of what's going on we're gonna lose it all if, if if we don't if we don't do something about it and anyway it was really nice talking to you I feel like sentientism is like home for me.
0: That's wonderful to hear. Thank you. It's been yeah. a real pleasure okay. to talk to you again. See you too. Thanks, Carol.
1: Set me free. Why don't you be? Give me my life. Why don't you be? Oh, oh, oh. Cause you don't really need me. You just keep me.
0: Thanks for listening. You're helping to normalize rational, compassionate thinking. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us some stars or a review. You can visit sentientism.info to find out more and you'd be very welcome in any of our online community groups. The biggest is on Facebook. If you like what we're doing, why not tell your friends about us?